Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Film Flock Podcast. I am Mitch. And I'm Maddie. We have two amazing guests on the show today. One of them, Caroline McFarlane, is an artist, designer, and filmmaker. She has a deep passion for transforming the built environment through color and collaboration and sees filmmaking as a powerful tool for education, political engagement, and personal storytelling. Her most recent work includes Falling Forward, a quirky coming-of-age story, and a personal portrait of intergenerational friendship and grief, a film that's a testament to the healing power of creativity, humor, grit, and determination in the face of loss. We are also joined by the film star Jane Marks, a colorful New Yorker. She is a performer, model, and writer. She has worked as a tour guide in New York City for 41 years, and she is known as the New York City tour goddess. Please welcome Caroline McFarland and Jane Marks. So Caroline, the first thing we hear is in the film is, this isn't the film I thought I was going to make, and I had other plans, but then I met Jane. So I was curious, what was the original film you were setting out to make, and how did you meet Jane? Well, I had a number of films that I wanted to make, um, and for whatever reason, they just weren't working out. Um, And in hindsight, it feels kind of serendipitous, um, because it's almost like, I don't know, the higher beings some angels knew that this was the film I needed to make and were like thwarting my other ideas. Um, I had, um, one of the film ideas I had was taking place in a homeless shelter where I volunteered, but because of time restrictions, that wasn't gonna work out. Um, And then I had been filming uh, a group called the Raging Grannies um, because I'm really inspired by sort of older women who are vivacious and political and outspoken, but it just wasn't gelling, um, not for any particular reason, but the magic and the spark wasn't there. So I was actually at my wits end. Um, you know, I had a deadline, I didn't have footage that I was happy with, and I was um, panicking. And my partner at the time was actually at a documentary film film festival um, that I was supposed to go to, but because I was so desperate to find a subject, I didn't go. Um, And he actually met Jane at the um, sort of reception afterwards. And Jane was wearing a lot of color and I am obsessed with color. And Jane was all of the things that I was looking for in, you know, uh, a a woman. And so it was just Adam knew that I had to meet Jane and came home and said, I think I met your documentary subject. And I sort of said, you know, you've got to be kidding. I've been trying for months to find her or that uh, I've been trying for months to find my subject. And he handed me her business card. I checked her out on Instagram and immediately was excited and met Jane that weekend. So awesome. It was just like faded, if you will. Totally. Awesome. Um, so Jane, my question for you is, what was the first thing that popped into your head when Caroline or Adam asked you to make a documentary about you? Well, they had our day in the environment. We had seen the documentary um, Eating Animals. And I think Natalie Portman's money is in it. And then the producer invited everyone in the audience to go to this high-end restaurant for a reception where there was free-flowing alcohol. Get my drift? So I, as an immature senior citizen, had like four drinks in 30 seconds. So I am verbal, period. And I'm an introvert, which is, if we'll discuss that as a sidebar. But I was very relaxed, 40 years older than everyone in the room. And I go over to this guy who has a lot of hair on his head. And I say, you have the most hair on a head that I've ever seen. And this turns out to be Adam. 
So the segue was, I probably would have said it sober, but you know, you don't become another person when you're a little drunk. You just accelerate your eccentricities, your quirks, your quiddities, your picadillos, and I like strangers. And we started chatting, he laughed. See, if you make fun of someone and they laugh, that's an entree into a conversation. If they get insulted, the door closes. So he was relaxed, he laughed. He was looking at me and he said, um, do you have a business card? It was very early on. And I said, why? And he says, well, you know, my partner at the time, <laughs> no, my partner, you can't read it at the time. My partner is doing a documentary on color and I think she'd be interested in you. I didn't believe him. I mean, I believed him, but I didn't think I would fit whatever she was looking for because it was too amorphous. But I worship the color spectrum. I worship diaphragmic breathing. Those are the two things that keep me alive. So Caroline texts me, this is a Wednesday. She texts me on a, a Friday, can we come over tomorrow? She was bringing a friend, a schoolmate, sounds so young, a schoolmate, uh, to bring the second camera. And I had just canceled a plan that I was supposed to go do a tour of the Hudson River Valley. And I said, I don't want to do it. So I, I reneged and got a substitute. So I was free. So when they come over, the two of them, there was no formality. I liked them both. Like, I like you two, you know, I, I like them both. There was no kind of sense. I just met them, what do I, should I say? And Caroline was very lovable. And so was her part, the partner of, of the, with the other camera. So it was an easy, easy opening. But if you get back to the question he asks me, because of my persona, and I'm 76 and I'm not ashamed of it, people have always stopped me on the street. They've always asked me out questions that are perfectly average and normal for me, but outlandish to somebody else, in part because of the way I dress or the way I'm open. You can, some people can, you can feel when someone's open, I can ask her. So I initially believed he was sincere, but I didn't think I'd fit anything. So it was a shock that it, that it smoothly worked out into a storyline. So I was curious, um, this one's kind of for Caroline and Jane, um, were there any particular challenges with Falling Forward that you had to overcome in a creative or maybe like innovative way? I would say my biggest challenge, other than just really learning how to like use a camera, record audio, direct, produce, edit, um, was actually editing Jane because she is, as you can tell, uh, a fast talker and there's so much good stuff that comes from talking to Jane. So, and there's not a lot of like breathing room in between sentences. So editing was a challenge. Um, and then I would say, you know, kind of related to the last question, I had thought that because Jane was this incredible kind of trailblazer and this colorful woman, I thought the film would really be a portrait of Jane. But the challenge and the gift that came out of the uh, process was that it it didn't it became a portrait of our friendship, but also of our shared grief. So for me, I would say the biggest challenge, but the biggest reward was actually, you know, the film was forcing me to process some of my own grief in a way that I wasn't expecting. And I'm a pretty private person often. And so doing that in a more outward way was really helpful, but also hard. I'm not the producer, I'm not the director. I'm actually the, the I put these words in quote, star, and I'm also the scriptwriter because what comes out of me, she has to mold like the sculptor. It's like a piece of clay. I gave her the clay. 
But I, I gave up after that. She had to mold it into something that would be a narrative and a story. However, what made me want to share more than I would have shared with someone else, my brother died in 1989. Her brother had, at that time, had died less than a year ago. So I was on the other end of grief. So when somebody needs you, you blossom. When somebody wants your insight and they ask, without saying overtly, help me, help me, I just sensed I could be of service to Caroline. So I spoke nonstop thinking she'll find something to use in the movie. Just keep going. So I was vomiting up everything and I felt myself with her. So when you are with someone who you feel yourself and there's no inner dialogue, the essence of who you are comes out. So Caroline's chemistry with mine, and she is the filmmaker artist, pulled out my narrative that maybe I wasn't aware of. That actually, that's a great answer. And it actually kind of played into my next question I had, which was your documentary does cover some serious topics and you do you know, go through the stages of grief through it. Do you find creative outlets such as filmmaking can help people to express themselves or possibly like heal during the times they need it most? I mean, you know, I, I think what I'm learning is grief is just so different for everyone. But for me, I am learning and I'm still working through it and will be for probably my whole life. But, you know, there's that line in our film where Jane says, we're talking about what we miss about our brothers. And she says, you know, you have to put it into your art. So yeah, I would just say that for me, it's really helpful to put my grief into art because it's still expressing it I'm and sharing it. It just feels better to me because I don't know, sometimes it's difficult to, to just have those conversations face to face with people again and again and again. And I feel I can express my heart more fully through the art than I can in in words. So it's been a, a hugely beneficial healing process for me that I will continue, you know, beyond the film. Excellent. Um, I guess it kind of goes into my uh, next question. It's very close to what you just answered, but what does creating in the format of film itself uh, mean to you? And where do you get your inspiration for um, most, if not all of your projects? So uh, film is actually a new medium for me. I've, you know, I, I'm an artist and have been making creative work my whole life. But, uh, you know, when my brother Blake died, he was the filmmaker in our family and I was the visual artist and I was doing a lot of projects that I had to document through film and he would usually document them for me. So when he died, I felt like I needed to empower myself with that tool and it also was a way that I could honor, you know, our collaboration moving forward. So, I mean, I'm just a visual person in all the ways and filming is hard. It's like the technical parts of it are a real challenge, but I found that, you know, visual storytelling is something I really, really enjoy. And there's something about seeing it on camera that is so satisfying. And even now that I'm not living in New York, I was watching the film again and just watching Jane in her space and watching New York. I'm like, it's like a dream that I've captured and I'm so glad that I've captured it. And in terms of inspiration, I get inspiration from all over the place. I mean, I'm Agnes Varda is like my filmmaking goddess. Her films allowed me to be playful with mine and put my own personal stamp on it and just explore creatively without getting too worried about creating the perfect slick film. You know, it's kind of collagey and a little raw around the edges, but I, I seeing her films gave me permission to do that um, in my own. And then just, I mean, I'm obsessed with cities and people. So Jane was really the biggest inspiration, obviously, for this film. 
film. And that's why I love documentaries. Like you kind of have a framework to work within rather than a blank canvas. And then you can get creative within that frame. So yeah, I don't have a specific inspiration. It kind of depends on my mood and where I am, but I'm just, I'm always looking to my surroundings and the people around me for inspiration. Do you have any advice for first-time filmmakers? Well, I'm still sort of consider myself in, in the early bird stage of filmmaking. So I would just say, you know, just do it. Like I, I tend to hold myself back because I'm scared it won't be as good as someone else's or, and you know, Jane helped me just, that's why our, our film is called Falling Forward because like, as long as you're moving forward, even if you're making mistakes, it's progress. So it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to look good. It can be messy and, you know, I mean, as an artist, you you realize that like often you learn the best lessons from mistakes. So I would say, yeah, you know, just keep making. If you have people around you that you can have fun with, as Jane said, like even if they're not filmmakers, just, you know, collaborate with them in whatever ways you can get them to watch your stuff and give you feedback. I would just say collaboration is just gold. You know, we're not islands. And especially if you're making, sometimes you get stuck and it really helps to have the courage to share with other people so that they can help you kind of get over those obstacles. And I would say also just go after what you care about, you know, like don't try to make a film that is gonna look good on Vimeo as your starter. Just make the film that you wanna make, whether it's about like, I don't know, um, like, a train set or a political issue, like just go for it and explore and have fun. I actually had a question because I know color is a huge creative outlet for um, Jane, but both of you. So is that your favorite form of expression? Do you have any other favorite forms of expression or another creative outlet? I think for me, color is in everything that I do and it seeps into all kinds of different mediums. I mean, when I paint a mural, it's, you know, it's a, a color piece. Our, my film with Jane is about our friendship. It's about grief, but it's about, you know, there is color in the film and it's a sort of has its own role, just like New York City is sort of a secondary character in the film too. So, you know, I think Jane and I both explore different mediums, but we're similar in that we bring color to each one. Even Jane's theater pieces, you know, like color is is there with her, whether it's in what she's wearing or what she's talking about. So I, I mean, it's amazing because not everyone, like it's like Jane and I speak this weird language that not a lot of people understand, but we get it. And I think that that's one of the reasons that we're, you know, as close and as like spiritually connected as we are. And I love the fact that even Jane, you know, I mean, when you walk around New York with Jane, she is stopped all the time because people just can't get enough of someone who is just like literally just wearing all the all the colors and it brings so much joy to so many different kinds of people. And I love the fact that Jane used color in her wardrobe as a form of sort of, what's the word? like. In terms of her grief, she would refuse to wear black and, and express that kind of heaviness through her clothes and instead did the opposite and wore brighter, louder colors um, to sort of balance out the sadness. Right, Jane? Maybe you can talk about this, but I mean, color is just in everything we do and what we breathe. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about the color spectrum. You have to use it as a metaphor. Every tint, every hue, every tone represents an emotion and we must live through our feelings. 
If we do not live through our feelings, we have the music in us when we're dead. So don't look color as literal color. Color is demanding of you to express yourself. It, you can be an auto mechanic. I'm not asking you to do anything other than what's your natural genius. And your natural genius is what we have inside of us. And that is whatever you're doing, you don't even know, you don't even know if you're hungry, tired, or thirsty. You just want to keep doing it. So Einstein, I'll bastardize what he said. If a fish thinks it can climb up a tree, it's going to think they're a poor sap. There's nothing to them. We have this responsibility. We have to find what makes us glow. And that's color. See, I use color metaphorically. Did you hear it? So you think of color, Maddie. Think of it as emotion. See, I feel um, at peace today, but it took me 76 years to get here. So you understand that? Every knock you get is going to be another color. Another amazing answer. <laughs> this, I, I keep saying it, but this interview is easy because you both are so amazing. So thank you. <laughs> Talking about color and expressing yourselves and wearing color after you go through something. Jane, do you have any advice for those struggling with like self-expression and like creative process in general, either if it comes with color or other ways to express yourself? Most people are repressed. They cannot express themselves. They're petrified because they don't live in an environment like New York where 4,000 people are on the corner and everybody else is doing their own thing. So if you grow up here and you go, well, I really want to collect seashells. That's all I want to do for my life. There's a club here, the Seashells Anonymous. So it depends on where you grow up and your exposure. It depends on who your parents are. Now, I had terrible parents. They were fabulously interesting human beings, but they didn't even think about us. We were just one of their many things. So the neglect that I actually got served me as a person growing up. I had to figure out what I'm interested in. Nobody told me anything. Nobody gave me directions. My mother, I was a day old. Darling, whatever you want, go after it. I don't know what the hell I want, but that works in the long run, because I made every conceivable error thinking I wanted this, 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 and this. So I'm gonna tell anyone who has trouble expressing themselves, you talk to yourself, and you talk to yourself like you're your own best friend. You say, okay, self-expression saves lives. With self-expression, you blossom. How can I help you? You're talking to yourself. Start small, buy some color that you never thought you would ever wear in your entire life, but you like it and wear it. Write a poem to yourself. Start small, paint something. Don't judge yourself. Free yourself from the critical eye. Free yourself from perfection. Get enough sleep. Eat well. Be your best friend, see what you're eating. And your best friend would say, put those potato chips and those Fritos and that dip down. You have to learn to be your best friend. And your best friend wants the best for you. It's a process, so no rush. I would say 76. It took me 76 years to be able to tell you this. I guess that kind of goes to uh, my next question, um, Jane. Like, you already kind of answered it. What advice do you have for um, people to get the most out of life? Expect less. I'm exaggerating so you understand. We expect if we find the right partner, which is a myth. If you have children, happiness is yours. There are two ingredients for happiness, and the rest is mercurial. Work you love, and that's individual, and that is personal. Dare to dare. The biggest risk is no risk. And if you feel you're suffocating and you can't breathe, that's why I'm a follower of diaphragmatic breathing, you're suffocating yourself. Because what you're looking for as you grow as a human being is the free breath. Because you're with people who you like, you're doing what you like, you know yourself. To the degree that you can know yourself because you're constantly changing. 
You know what it is? All of us, we have inhibitors. Your unconscious and your subconscious. Your unconscious is what you grow up all your life. How you grow up, how you react to things, how you store your, your responses to fight, fright, freeze, fawn. That's your unconscious. Your subconscious is very close to the surface, but you're not paying attention to it. So Caroline activated my subconscious, which was my desire to be more colorful, to really be an artist. So you shift. If you care and you want your life to mean something, it is a struggle. Easy sneezy if you think marriage or coupling is the answer or what's a work that pays you a lot of money but you're miserable. Good luck to you. You have something to add, Caroline? Well, I guess if we're talking about life advice, I mean, you know, I've been so lucky to get so much of that from Jane over the years. But I would say that, you know, when I told Jane that I'd just lost my brother, I, I didn't know if I would tell her that. I was, it was fresh. I just met her. I wasn't sure I wanted to burst into tears in front of a stranger. And the fact that I swallowed that fear and just did it, like opened up this whole universe and this whole world. And like, I just lost a sibling and I gained a new one in from just, you know, taking that risk. So as Jane's saying, you know, in terms of courage, like I would just encourage people to take those risks, especially when they're risks like to do with the heart, you know, and emotional risks, like those are the hardest in some ways. And the fact that doing so led me to this, like literally changed my life and helped me in so many ways. I mean, Jane is still like my kind of like ally in grief and loss and I'm going through heartbreak right now. And Jane's been my kind of like guiding force on that front too. So it's just proven to me that like her words are true. You know, I'm, I'm the proof. <laughs> Our film is the proof. That's a great uh, addition. My last final question was just going to be what was each of yours favorite part of filming the documentary going forward? Um, if you had any moments that stood out to you the most. I had this moment. I, first of all, I'm a creative person. Caroline's creative. I never said to her, keep this in, take it out. It's her project, her baby. I was appalled that she has in the film me in the shower. Appalled. Then she has me in that nightgown where I look like I have tuberculosis because I have, I have my skeleton is everywhere. My, I'm so bony. I was appalled. And I would say, if she said to me, you want to keep it in? No, get rid of that but I didn't want to touch it. It's that, you know, when you are with another artist, you have so much understanding of their vision. It may not be yours, but, but but at the same token, I can't deny it. I'm 76, I was 74 or five, whatever in the film. I can't, I'm not 27. I'm, I don't want to lie to myself. So my favorite part was people see the film and I don't write a disclaimer to everyone. Please ignore the fact I'm in the shower and I come out as a bony mess. I just said, oh, for the hell with it. You know, that's and then in a way it frees you up to just go, be yourself. And that moment, actually, I've gotten so much feedback from that scene. I mean, Chantal Ackerman, for me, inspired that scene. And because Jane is so uh, energetic and like colorful, you know, it was important to me to film Jane in her apartment. You know, she lives alone. Um, she is 76. And I find that especially with, I don't know, film about women, we don't see women at age 76 as they are. And I think Jane is gorgeous. So um, for me, it was really important that the more introverted side of Jane did come through. And it's interesting because a lot of people who have known Jane for decades have said like, you know, I, I actually, I feel like I know Jane so much better now after watching that film. I would say my favorite part, it's like not one, but I would, the experience of filming with Jane made me feel like I was a kid. You know, all of the fears around 
cameras screwing up, not recording, getting bad sound. I mean, those were all there, but Jane was so encouraging. Like I didn't have to like worry about being professional. It was really a creative process for both of us. And we just laughed so much. So for me, like I was going through so much pain, but when I was with Jane, you know, it just felt like we were kids like playing dress up and being creative and just exploring in a way that I hadn't felt in so long. And, you know, I'm just so grateful for that because my first experience as a filmmaker proper, I mean, I'm just, that's my, that's my mold now. That's my foundation that I'm going to try to get at in all my projects. I wonder if I've like peaked with Jane because as a subject, she's just, there's, there is no better. I mean, honestly. <laughs> Maybe a sequel is in order. I think so. Oh, there's a lot of life that's yeah. happened since then, so. I want to add something as far as the grief goes, because I was an old hand at it and Caroline was new. I said something to her that registered to her and kept her going. I said, you will never get over it. Don't try to get over it. Put it in your art. Because American culture has this idea that closure to your grief. There is no closure when you lose someone you really love. Because most people don't know what love is. And the truest form of love is when you're in the company of that person, your highest angels sing. Excellent. Excellent. Another great answer. So I'm curious if you guys have any future projects outside of Falling Forward that you're working on now or if some you're trying to plan out in the future. Well, I've got lots of balls in the air. I'm learning how to animate. So I'm learning stop start animation at the moment. And I've continued to ask Jane questions that she's, you know, over voice recording. And my hope is that I can, you know, animate Jane's answers as a sort of long distance form of collaborating. I also want to do an animation using my brother's old journals and some of his unfinished artwork as another piece about, you know, my own grief in whatever shape and color that is, we'll see. But that's sort of where I'm at now. So I want to personally thank you guys for joining us today. I feel like I'm a better person from just listening to you, uh, Jane. So I, again, I appreciate you guys uh, taking the time. You both are so amazing. So thank you. <laughs> I thank you. Thanks Dude. for having us. Thank you all again for tuning in. If you are interested, feel free to check out Caroline and Jane's socials and websites. So Jane's is clothing is character. That's her Instagram handle. And then we have Caroline's is Carolina Bambina. And then you can check out their websites. Jane's is www.janemarks.com. And Caroline's is www.carolinemcfarland.com. So super easy and simple. Definitely go check them out. And also make sure you subscribe to our feed on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also follow us on Instagram at Film Flock Podcast. You can also check out our favorite film festival's website, blackbirdfilmfestival.com. Again, thank you all for listening and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.